In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. I greet you today by saying, Happy New Year. This is the, this week we celebrated the beginning of the liturgical New Year on September 1st. And as Orthodox Christians, we, our life is centered around not the secular calendar, but the liturgical calendar. So today I'm going to begin, as the new liturgical year begins, I'm going to begin a new series of sermons, preaching from the Gospels appointed for each Sunday. I'm going to call this series of sermons the Good News Series. Gospel means good news. And during this time, this difficult time in the world, we all could use a lot of good news. In fact, it's important that we every day read the good news in the gospel reading. We, got a, we get a lot of bad news. And we have more capability of hearing bad news than we ever did because of the internet and technology and so many different forms of media that we are inundated with news. But it's important that we always first hear the good news. So today's gospel reading is about forgiveness. Leading up to this parable which the Lord told about the unmerciful servant, Peter asked the Lord, How many times should I forgive my brother? Up to seven times? Peter thought he was being pretty generous. Seven times, that's a, long, that's a lot of times to forgive someone. The Lord said to him, I say not up to seven times, but seven times seventy. What's that, children? Who is our math expert here in the, in the church? 490. So, did the Lord really mean only forgive 490 times? No. Seven is a number which is symbolic of eternity or infinity. In other words, the Lord was saying you must forgive over and over and over and over every time. This extreme approach to forgiveness is at the hallmark of Christianity. In other words, we can be so much like the world in a lot of ways, and the world can be like us in a lot of ways and be good. But when it comes to this issue of forgiving and loving your enemies, this is a distinctive characteristic of what it means to be a Christian. And it is also perhaps our greatest challenge, especially for some people more than others. So today I want to address three areas in which we have to struggle to forgive. Familial, social, and political. Three spheres of our life, of our interaction, which we need to learn to forgive. And struggle to forgive. 
So I begin with the family because that is the most important and closest to home. There's a, an evangelical uh, commentator I like to listen to, Abraham Hamilton III. He always starts off his show, it's more, what, it's more important what happens in your house than what happens in the White House. Telling fathers and mothers, it's more important what happens in your house than what happens in the White House. What's happened in the White House is the fruit of what's been happening in, in houses throughout the nation. We didn't all of a sudden come to the place where we have a corrupt, fake, cowardly, ungodly administration. It started in homes around the country, people losing the faith, giving up the faith. So it's important that we begin in the home. Speaking about forgiveness, this is where we learn to forgive. This is where children learn to forgive. Husbands, husbands and wives need to be actively practicing the discipline of forgiveness towards each other and modeling this for their children. Being able to say, I'm sorry and I forgive you are two of the most important gifts that parents can give to their children. This is, if children do not learn this at home, they will have a very difficult time in life, in marriages, in relationships, learning, being able to forgive, being able to simply say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, forgive me, and then granting that forgiveness too. You know, of course, parents should not to try not to argue in front of their children. But when this does happen, and it does happen, no matter how careful we are, it becomes an opportunity to turn something negative into something positive. By showing our children what it means to humble yourself, ask forgiveness, give forgiveness, and kiss and make up. Children need to see their parents doing that so that they can model that for the children and the children can do that later on in life when they're married or when they're dealing with adult relationships. The second area is, is broader, it's more social. Forgiving those people around us in our church, in our neighborhood, our community. And this is going to be different for each one of us. Some of us have lived fairly sheltered lives and have not been wounded in extreme ways by the world around us. Others have been harmed in traumatic ways by the people around them, by extended family, by neighbors, by business associates, all kinds of situations. Especially people who were abused by their parents or by their spouses. This is very, very difficult. Very difficult. Even within the church, even within the church, there is great potential for offenses and disappointments. So the parable is given, the parable the Lord gives us 
of the unmerciful servant is given to us by the Lord is an excellent remedy for unforgiveness, calling us to consider the great debt we have been forgiven through Christ. Even with this example before us, nevertheless, true forgiveness is a great struggle. There's nothing easy about it, especially for those who have been deeply hurt by the sins of others. It can be a lifelong struggle. But as Orthodox Christians, we need to be committed to the struggle, no matter how hard it is. Never give in to hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. The third area is political. And this perhaps is the area that is most at the forefront of our minds at this time. I think it is for me. Honestly, I'm surrounded by such beautiful, wonderful people that I have, I have a very easy life when it comes to forgiving. I don't have, I have wonderful people in this parish, in this church. I have my, my family, uh, people that I associate with generally. But when it comes to the politics of our country, that's where I get riled up and have a hard time forgiving and not getting angry and bitter and judgmental. The current regime, we live in a day and age now where our administration, we no longer call it an administration. It has become a regime. It has that negative connotation. People who are in power, not serving the people, but manipulating and controlling the people and intimidating the people. So the current regime and the mainstream media and the major institutions and businesses of our society are all waging war against the church and traditional Christian values. So how can we forgive our president who has betrayed America? How can we forgive the media that lies for him and distorts the truth? How can we forgive all those who are actively supporting the sin of abortion and promoting so many other evil influences in our society? And as I considered what to say about this, two images came to my mind. One is Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Orthodox Christian author who was a prisoner in the gulags of the Soviet Union. And he wrote the Gulag Archipelago. Possibly the most famous quote from him is this, is this line. He said, The line between good and evil runs through the heart of every human person. In other words, as he was in this prison and and uh, seeing so much evil and being the subject of so much evil, he looked deep into his own heart. And he saw that within him, he could have been...
He could have been the, the one guarding the prison. He could have been the one putting people into jail. He could have been the one executing people because of their faith. He realized that. He realized that the heart, deep within his heart, that line ran through between good and evil. And that was one of the most important messages he shared with the world. The other image that I thought of as I thought about how to deal with this this political issue was the epic battle between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Any of you guys remember that? That was a long, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? How long? What? A long time ago. You remember that? They're fighting in the Death Star. They're having their laser their lasers flashing at each other and the evil emperor is sitting on his throne watching. And he's taking delight and as he sees anger and hatred starting to grow in the heart of Luke Skywalker as he's fighting against Darth Vader. And he finally gains the advantage and he, he could kill this evil Darth Vader, this symbol of evil and darkness. And the evil emperor is encouraging him, yes, give in to hatred, give in to the dark side. And Luke finally, he's struggling within his heart, that line between good and evil in his heart. Which side is he going to choose? He puts his saber down. And he doesn't give in to hatred and bitterness and all that stuff. We have this same struggle as we look at the evil that's in our world and in our country right now, what's happening. This iconic visualization of the struggle between good and evil and love and hate, truth and falsehood, serves as an inspiration to us as we deal with a hostile culture. I remember watching that movie and thinking, this is the most Christian expression I have ever seen in popular media of the struggle between good and evil. I don't know if if the creator actually intended that or not, what his religious views are, but I, I, it was deeply spiritual to me. <clears throat> but it inspires us to not give in to hatred and to bitterness when we see what's happening around us. First of all, so how do we, how do we be heroic in this struggle like Luke Skywalker was? We want to be heroic How do we do that? First of all, by realizing that we do not struggle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spirits of the air, indeed against Satan himself. He is behind all of this evil. The people are just being used by him. They are in deception. They are are being manipulated. They will have to give account someday, but we should not hate them. We cannot give in to hate. 
Secondly, we can struggle by acknowledging our own sinfulness. Acknowledging that we ourselves are in this struggle and that we could become part of the problem if we don't fight. If we don't struggle hard, we could become part of the problem. And so we try to exercise humility in our lives and we do everything possible to avoid hypocrisy. Thirdly, by continuing, we are heroic in this struggle by continuing to speak the truth in love without hatred or bitterness. Recently, I listened to a short talk by Father Dragan Petrovich, my dear friend and colleague, on his Facebook page. And by the way, almost every day, Father Dragan hops on Facebook and shares a little devotional or something. And I encourage you to, to look into that because they are very useful. But this one was particularly useful. And he was talking about he recounted a conversation with a holy elder. I think it was a, maybe an elder in Romania. Very wise man. And somebody asked him, how do you deal with people who are making bad decisions? What do you do with a child who you send off to college and after a couple of years they come back a totally different person and they're making all these horrible decisions? They're getting tattooed, they're dyeing their hair, they're changing their gender, they're committing sexual sin, all this horrible stuff. A lot of, sadly, a lot of parents, and even Christian parents, even Orthodox parents, are asking this question. He gave some very practical advice. And this ties in with how, how we can deal with these situations and still forgive and express forgiveness. So first of all, pray for the person. Everything should be preceded by prayer, prepared for by prayer. Pray for the person. Don't, don't stay up all night worrying and fretting about the person. Pray for the person. Put it in God's hand. Secondly, very clearly, without any emotion or negative emotion or rancor or bitterness, let that person know you disapprove of the decisions that they have made. Very clearly, let the person know that you disapprove of what they have chosen to do. Thirdly, do not enable them to continue going down the wrong path. In other words, you, you, can, you can be kind and loving, but at the same time, you're not going to help them go off the bridge. You're going to say, okay, if you want to make that decision to do what you're going to do, then I, I, I realize you have the freedom to do that. I cannot stop you from doing that, but I'm not going to help you. I'm not to give you money to do that. I'm not going to encourage you to do that. If your child becomes a homosexual, you don't all of a sudden start putting 
the rainbow flag on your Facebook page. No, you, you pray for them. You let them know you disapprove. But you still love them, but you don't encourage them. I've known, I've heard of many Christian parents who, who their children have made these bad choices. And rather than hold to their ideals of their Christian faith, because of their love for their child, which is a, actually a selfish love, they give in to the choices that their children have made and actually adopt the attitude and philosophy of their children. And this is totally backwards of how it should be. So you do not, endo- not condone or enable them. And then finally, and this, is, this was a very important um, note. Finally, as far as possible, keep your interactions with this person positive. Keep it positive. Make your interactions enjoyable for them. I mean, you could, they know where you stand. You've, you've made yourself perfectly clear, but you don't have to beat on it. You know, every time you see them, you don't have to harp on it. You understand each other. You've made your position clear. You're not condoning. You're not enabling. But you're not making every interaction they have with you miserable. Because what's going to happen? They're just going to cut you off in their life. Because they, they just don't want to hear it. And that was a very good piece of advice. Even in your thoughts, the elder said, even in your thoughts, do not condemn the person or say negative things about the person. Like, this is a, you're a horrible, she's a horrible person. She's a miserable person. She's a hopeless person. You, even your thoughts, the elder is saying, shape reality. So even in the midst of a bad situation, you try to keep your thoughts positive. Pray for them. Pray, 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 pray. Love and, and, and affirm your love for them when you interact with them. Make your interactions positive even though you know that they know that you disagree with what they are choosing to do. In regards to the negative course which our country has chosen, the negative, the bad decisions our country is making right now, especially our president, let us not give in to hate, to the dark side. So let's continue to love our country and at the same time, in a prophetic way, speak the truth to it. Let us in all humility continually look into our own hearts and root out any evil that may be dwelling there. And when tempted to retaliate when we are sinned against, let us remember this parable the Lord gave us today. Let us be merciful just as we have been shown mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory.